reaching up to me and I know how that would go the battles I would face forever running but losing the race were it not for grace so here is all my praise I give with all my heart offered to a friend who took my place and ran a course I could not start and when he saw in full just how much his love would cost he still ran the final mile between me and heaven so I would not be lost were it not for grace I can tell you where I'd be going down some pointless road to nowhere with my salvation up to me and I know how that would go the battles I would face forever running but losing the race were it not for grace forever running but losing the race were it not for grace Amen. Amen. Say it again. Say it again. Were it not for grace. His amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Blind, but now I see. First, I would like to give honor to God, who's the head of my life. Thank him for the opportunity to be here on this Senior Citizens VIP Day. Appreciate Brother Henderson for that, that song. If it wasn't for his grace, where would any of us be? Amen? Appreciate you, Brother Bill Martin, for those kind words of introduction. I'd also like to thank our pastor, Pastor O'Neill Madden, 
Thank you for this opportunity. I think you guys have a fine pastor here. In fact, I believe he's one of the greatest pastors in all of Nevada. And I thank God for him. Uh, we've been here all week. Uh, my mother-in-law and I and my sister and my brother, we've uh, been involved in a conference. And we've just been getting to know a little bit about your fair city. I heard a, great, a lot of great things about uh, Nevada and Las Vegas other than gambling. <laughs> but we're glad to be here. We were here on Wednesday evening, had an awesome time with the saints. How many was here on Wednesday night? Let me see your hand. Amen. Amen. Prayer meeting. Amen. Had a good time on Wednesday night. And uh, I was just ecstatic when your pastor asked me uh, to stand in the gap today. Um, I wasn't initially uh, uh, planned to preach today, but uh, the Lord always has a ram in the thicket, doesn't he? So he asked if I could speak to today as well. And uh, I happily obliged. I'm always happy and privileged for the opportunity to say a word or two for my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's done so much for me. And it's just a blessing to be here on this, on this day to celebrate our seniors and to see how good they look. Amen? Amen. And they're white and yellow. Uh, in fact, they were so nice, man, they even put a flower on me. <laughs> so I was glad to, glad to uh, receive this, this, this flower and to be among these, these precious, precious saints, these precious souls. Uh, a couple of members uh, that were uh, with me in Oklahoma City are here. In fact, uh, when I was at uh, Christian Fellowship Seventh Adventist Church, this, this lady came over and uh, was very supportive of my ministry there, and I would like for her to stand. Her and her lovely daughter, Sister Dixon and Joaquin. If y'all stand, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I wanted you all to stand so the saints could see. I asked them if they'd come and support me today, and they're here. Let's say amen. 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 God bless you, Sister Dixon. They, they recently just moved here from Oklahoma City, uh, in the Shawnee, Oklahoma City area, and had been there for a number of years. And they recently matriculated to uh, Las Vegas. And they're looking for a church home. Uh, in fact, I told them that uh, this would be a good home for them. What do you say, saints? So treat them with love and kindness while they're here. They may decide to come and be a member here. Amen? Also, I'm fortunate to have, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, recognize my mother-in-law. I don't want her to go back home and tell her daughter that I didn't treat her nice. <laughs> so my mother-in-law, she's, she's, she's here with us today. Won't you stand? I'd like the saints to see my mother-in-law. Amen. That's how good you look when you're senior years. Amen. Uh, in fact, I told the uh, saints we're asking 55 and up to stand. They consider seniors. And uh, the brother's going to hand me a bag, and I was tempted to take it, but I got two more years <laughs> before I'm 55 <laughs> and consider the senior. So don't rush it. Amen. If you want to know the secret to longevity and a long life and living and aging gracefully, I'm going to tell, tell it to you. Uh, a good pastor friend of mine, some of you may know of him, 
Pastor Samuel Thomas. I'm not talking about junior, but the, but the senior. Uh, anybody know Samuel Thomas? Amen, amen. Very powerful man of God. I always respected his ministry and respected him as a, as a pastor and admired him as a, as a leader. Uh, one day we was at Oakwood doing evangelism council. We go down for this ministerial retreat each fall, December, first week in December. And I asked, uh, Dr. Thomas was standing out in the, in the foyer, and I said, Dr. Thomas, I said, uh, man, you look good for your age. And he did. I'm saying, I said, I asked him, I said, uh, how old are you? He said, I'm 79. And I never would have guessed that. And then he said to me, he said, son, you want to know the secret to long life and living to be an old man? I said, yes, tell me. He said, never refer to yourself as old anymore. He said, take the word old out of your vocabulary. Don't refer to yourself as old. I'm getting old. I said to myself, hmm, interesting. It's all about the mind. I read your vitamin C nugget, and it basically referred to the same thing. I saw him a few years ago, and we were standing outside, he and I and Elder Samuel Green, the president of Southwest Region, we were standing out talking at another conference, and I didn't really know how long time had passed since I had asked him this question. And I went up to him, and we were talking, and I said to him again, I said, Dr. Thomas, I said, you remember when you told me don't refer to myself as old anymore? He said, yes, son. And he took his hand, put it around my neck, and he had, still had a firm grip, strength at his age. And he said, and he smiled, and he, said, he chuckled, and he said, yes, you remember that. I said, yes, I remember that. And I asked him, I said, how old are you now, doc? He said, I'm 93. And that was about three years ago, so he's knocking on 95, 96, 97 now. So, brothers and sisters, I just gave you a million dollars worth of advice today. <laughs> and uh, some of you se senior citizens have take, must be doing something right because I see many of you are, are looking very good and aging very gracefully. Before we uh, get into our thought this morning, I want to tell you that I, I came here today uh, to give you all I got. But I want to make you a promise. And I'm going to ask you to make me a promise. I'm willing to give you all I got if you would give me all you got. Is that okay? And I'm going to get out the way and I'm going to let the Lord have his way. I'll ask you to get out the way and let the Lord have his way in you today. Is that a deal? Amen. This morning, I would like to talk to you from the thought, if I could have your attention for a few moments, from the subject, living through see-nothing days. Living through see-nothing days. And I'm sure many of our seniors can identify with that due to the fact that they've had to make brick without straw for a number of years. 
and to have gotten to this point in age and stage in their life, they've had to do a lot of walking by faith and not by sight. Let us pray. Father, it's not my sister, not my brother, but it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Father, I promise to get out the way and allow you to have your way in me today. It's not about me or my skills or my talent. That you've given me, you've loaned me, but it's about you, God. And I came to lift up your name and to give Jesus praise. So if you move me out the way, hide me behind the cross, I want to be just a rusty nail hanging your lovely picture in its place. And I'll be grateful to give you the glory, the talent, and the praise. In Jesus' name, the church said amen. Amen and amen. If you have your Bible, I would like to invite you to stand. I believe we ought to give God's word reverence and respect. Turn to the book of 1 Kings chapter 18. We're going to read in your hearing verses 42 and 43. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 42 and 43. And then we'll read James chapter 5 and verse 17. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 42 and 43. I still hear a few pages turning, so I give you an opportunity to get that. Amen? We're not in any hurry today, so I hope you didn't come for a sermonette. <laughs> I, I used to hear Dr. Cleveland say, I don't preach sermonettes, sermonettes are for Christianettes. Amen? 18, verse 42 and 43. Let's read this all together. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth, and he put his face between what, everybody? And said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked, and there and he said, go again seven times. James chapter 5, verse 17. The Bible says, Elias was a man subject to like passions as what we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. May the Lord add a rich blessing to the reading and hearing of his word. You may be seated. Living through sea, nothing days. Can you imagine, brothers and sisters, this morning, what the world was like? after not having any rain for the space of three years and six months. The human suffering that existed. All of the orchards were fruitless. Olive trees were barren. The flocks and herds grew small while pen 
in their stalls and their ribs pressed to, through their skin. The starvation, the devastation, the human suffering, the cries of the starving thousands could be heard throughout the land. They tell me it only rains here about once a, once a year, every six months, once every six months. Pretty dry out here from what I understand. Boy, it get hot, it get hot out here, doesn't it? I thought Oklahoma was hot, but boy, it gets hot in Vegas. That's how it was back then. The whole land from one end to the other was like burnt charcoal. The cries of the starving thousands, the babbling brooks had been dried up long ago. For 1,260 days, dust choked all travelers as they moved through the highways and byways in the streets. Dry dishes were stacked up in the sink. The laundry was piled up in the corner. It was drier than the hills of Gilboa, and the thing about this drought is that sin was the cause of the spell of dryness. Images of Baal and Ashtaroth stood and gleaned on every mountainside. Idolatrous altars were set up everywhere. Smoke sacrifices were on top and aloft on every mountain. People drank iniquity like water and made sport of sinful rites. As though they were dancing around their own private idols. The glory of Israel had long since departed. The seed of Abraham was no longer discernible. Dark had switched places with light. The salt had lost its savior. And it was all because of sin. See, sin is a terrible thing. Sin will take you farther than you want to go, make you stay longer than you want to stay, and pay a price you can't afford to pay. No wonder why we pray in our miracles from God, our prayers are not answered. And it is affecting us in so many very subtle ways, and it's affecting us right now. Sin. It's because of sin and aching in the camp. Huh? And it's aching in the camp right now. You wonder why your prayers aren't answered? It's because of some sins in your life. God says in Psalms chapter 66, verse 18, if I regard iniquity in my, in my heart, the Lord will not even hear my prayers. There are, two, there's, there are a couple things God can't do. God can't lie, and God is not going to go against his word. You wonder why our prayers are not answered? There must be some things we're still cherishing with things we're still holding on to, honey. We got to let go and let God. The sickness we have to experience, the poverty, the lawlessness, the gambling zone that many in this city has. Our politicians are weak and, and, and namby-pamby. More concerned about winning the next election than doing what's right for the people. Our government too Cowardless to pass a, a national gun law. And we have to watch our children, watch children go into uh, elementary schools and take semi-automatic rifles and, and, and with clips that hold 60 bullets and mow down children. That's the kind of society we're living in. 
That's the kind of world we're in. And the Lord will not hear me. But it says he cannot, doesn't say he cannot hear, but it says he refuses to hear. The dew is gone. Somebody said prayer is the key in the hand of faith that unlocks heaven's storehouse. However, God still has a cutoff system. And honey, if you don't, if you live long enough, and I know these scenes have been around long enough to know that when God cuts you off, you're cut off. Don't let God use on you his cutoff system. See, God has two ways to get your attention. He will bless us and bless us and bless us, Brother Martin. But if that doesn't work, God says, I, I know what I'll do. I'll cut them off. He'll, he'll, let you, he'll allow you to see some hard times and some tough times. And when God cuts you off, you're cut off. All the tea in China can't help you. All of the oil in Saudi Arabia can't help. All of the gold in Fort Knox ain't enough to get you out of trouble. You might have Bill Gates and, 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 and Warren Buffett's money, but that ain't enough. You may be, have Allstate. You may have the best insurance. You may be in good hands with Allstate. But just like State Farm, he, a good neighbor may be there. But God cuts you off, you shut off. Church can't help. Can't raise enough money for, to help. The family can't help. Mama's prayers can't help. Daddy's prayers can't help. When God cuts you off, you're cut off. He has shut off the heavens. He said, I'm not going to let it rain. Now, Mount Carmel, near the brook where he sent Elijah, the same brook that two ravens fed Elijah by the brook of Sheriff. Our text today comes after the Mount Carmel experience. All the people had left the mountain exclaiming that Elijah's God was the true God. It was after the 400 prophets of Baal and the 450 prophets of the groves had been pulled down that they had taken off their clerical regalia. Dragged down the leaders of Baal and exterminated them and killed them all. Wiped them out. God ain't nothing to play with. Amen? Amen. He means what he says and he says what he means. The Lord God of Israel, it was after that altar of Mount Carmel uh, that you see the preacher, Elijah, went back to ask God about the dry spell. What do you see, preacher? Well, now, he's all alone now. Nobody's with him but this little servant boy, the boy that he had raised from the dead, from the, the widow of Zarephath. Remember the same one he raised from the dead? He had... Had, had been there and, and, and God had called fire down from heaven but now he's asking God to send down rain first time he went to Mount Carmel brothers and sisters he prayed a public prayer but now he's praying a private prayer there wasn't any time for no little namby pammy weak knee root poo prayers you know what a little namby pammy weak root poo prayer is it's when you pray now, he lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. That's a Nami Pam, Pammy Rudipu prayer. Sometimes, honey, them prayers won't work. I mean, you got to, sometimes you got to get on your, 
knees and get in your secret closet and you got to agonize with the Lord and you spend enough time in the Lord that you don't get up off your knees until you know you've got your breakthrough. Almost like the prayer I got one, one, uh, one morning. One morning in November, about five years ago. Got a phone call about 3 o'clock in the morning. My father-in-law. Said, Greg, got some terrible news. We just lost Mike. It was my brother. My brother had been a truck driver for 30 years, fresh out of high school. He drove professionally since he was 19. Was going down the highway, 12 o'clock at night, ran up on a, a, another semi with no tail lights on, a bobtail, no tail lights. The time he was able to see, the truck, he had got so close up on the truck, he tried to slow down and he put on brakes to try to avoid hitting this truck. And he lost control of a 18-wheeler transfer truck and ended up in a marine, crashed into a ravine. The truck exploded and caught on fire. The state patrol and the Emergent personnel tell the story that when they got to the scene, my brother was still alive. They pulled him out of the wreckage. He had been had third degree burns from his head to his feet almost. They pulled him out. And the state patrol said, they asked my brother Michael, say, sir, are you all right? Here my brother had head trauma to his head and, 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 and third degree burns from his body all over his body. You know what he said to that, that state patrol? I'm good. I'm good. That Sabbath, he had been out witnessing and handing out tracts. He had made his calling and election sure with the Lord. What will happen to you this day if God calls your number up, honey? And knowing my brother like he did, I knew he fought like a soldier trying to get out of that wreckage to try to uh, get back to life. But he got into the ambulance and he died on his way to the, he didn't even make it off the scene of the accident. But he told the state patrol, I'm good. What my brother was saying in so many words, brothers and sisters, is well with my soul. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, wherever my lot, Thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Is it well with your soul? And honey, you know what it did? It gave me more of an incentive to see my brother again one day in the earth made new. And it wasn't no time for no little nammy pammy prayers at 3 o'clock Monday uh, night when I got that phone call after losing my brother. I got on my knees and I prostrated myself before the Lord and I said, the Lord take it. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Naked I came into this world. Naked I'm going to go out. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. Sometimes you got to stretch yourself out. Get in your secret closet. And say, Lord, I stretch my hand to thee. No other help I know. 
If thou withdraw thy hand from me, whither shall I go? I will look to the hills from which cometh my help. My help coming from the Lord who made heaven and earth. No time for little Nammy Pammy prayers, brothers and sisters. And I know these, sen these seniors today can relate to that. See, Elijah prostrated himself, out, fell on his face at the top of the summit. He looked towards the sea and he cries out, Lord, send down some rain. I'm ready, waiting on the rain. Listen, brothers and sisters, to what he said to the little servant boy. He said, go look out towards the sea. Come back and tell me what you see. The little lad started running towards the summit to look out over the sea. And Elijah then put his head between his knees. I don't know what he said. Maybe he said, now, Lord, I've done what you told me to do. Maybe he said, Lord, I've done all what you told me. I've confessed that you are the true and only wise God. Lord, I put myself on the spot for you. I've tried to live right. I've tried to treat everybody right. And folks talk about me in the church. They take my, uh, they use my good and speak evil of it. Hello. Anybody ever felt like that? Lord, I come to the church for a little love and I catch more hell in the church than I do in the world. Lord, I left the world and I thought I come to the church where I get a little compassion and, con and consideration, but folks in the church treat me just as bad as folk on my job and in the world. Lord, I thought if I come to the church, I might get some kindness. But there are hypocrites in there. They ain't right. Pastor ain't right. He's having an affair with deaconess. Hypocrites in there. I'm going to leave abundant life and go over to so-and-so church. Honey, you running from this problem. I don't care where you go. The problem is it. The devil is everywhere. Amen. Keeping up devilment in hell. Amen? Amen. You run, leave this problem. You're going to go find another problem. It's almost like that, and, 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 and I understand, I mean, I met some mean folk in the church. Some of us can be so mean and honorary, self-centered, cantankerous, and, and, and bullheaded, and hard-headed. Some, some of us so mean, we'll give a Tylenol a headache. <laughs> Preach ain't right. Snakes in there. And, and, and I don't know about you, but I can't stand snakes. I was in Huntsville, Alabama, one, one count meeting, and, and I came back to my car. I went, you know, went to the mall. And you know how you, you know, hot day like today, you leave your window cracked, so, you know, get a little air flowing through your car, so it won't be so hot when you get in. So I left my crack, window crack about that much, and come back out the mall. Somebody took a snake and threw it in my car. You talking about somebody? <laughs> you talking about somebody trying to get out of there as fast as they could? 
So I called the police. I said, Mr. Police, somebody threw a snake in my car. Come get this snake out of my car. So sure enough, the police said, let me come and see what this fool was. <laughs> Man, we got more important things to worry about coming out getting out of snakes in our cars. Sure enough, the police showed up. And, and they got the snake out. The snake was dead, but it was still a dead snake. I don't like, I don't like a live snake. I can't stand a dead snake. So, so the story, the story is told of this, of, of, the, of this airplane pilot. He's traveling, you know, and, and they, they, they cruising uh, in, the, in, the, in the air. And, and this, one of the passengers on the plane told the stewardess, said, we hear a hissing sound on the, on the plane. A hissing sound. And they were trying to figure out what this was. And the uh, stewardess went back to the cockpit and told the captain, says, Captain, the stewardess, somebody, the passenger are complaining about their snake, a, they a hissing sound, sound like a snake on this plane. Captain said, I'll take care of it. Captain took that big 747 and Pulled on the throttle and pulled that thing up, and he went climbing 20,000 feet, 30,000 feet, 35,000 feet, 40,000 feet. And he put that bad boy on autopilot and just started cruising at 40,000 feet in the atmosphere. A few minutes later, the sound went away. The stewardess went back to the captain and said, Captain, what do you do? We don't hear that hissing sound anymore. Captain said, well, you know, when I was in college, I did some research about snakes, and snakes can't live up in this high atmosphere. <laughs> so, brothers and sisters, I stopped by to tell you today, when you're faced with some snakes in the church, that's climbing a little higher. Snakes can't live up here. <laughs> Let nobody run you out the church. Okay, how bad it gets. Stand on the ship of Zion. This old ship gonna go through, no matter how battled and born, worn and, and torn it may be. Ellen White says we gotta stay on this ship. Jesus said wheat and tares gonna grow together until Jesus come. Wheat and tares. He's gonna separate the sheep from the goats. So you don't jump ship because you, 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 you meet a little resistance in the church. Somebody step on your blue suede shoes and you get mad, honey. I'm leaving. I can't stand him in there. Stay on the ship, brother and sister. Amen. Ain't nobody in this place got a heaven or hell to put you in. Amen. So you can talk about me just as much as you please. I'm going to talk about you down on my knees. Mighty God we serve. Let me get on, brothers and sisters. I got a lot here. But I'm going to say this to you. The land of Israel was dry. The dew was, was gone. And Elijah was trying to get a prayer through. He sent the young man out the first time. What do you see, son? I see nothing. I see nothing. He sent him back the second time. I see nothing. I see nothing. He went out the third time. I see nothing. I see nothing. And, and, and Isaiah, Elijah began rather to, to cry out, my God, my God, 
Why have you forsaken me? Why are you so long from saving me? And, and, and you've been to the point where you get so depressed, brothers and sisters, you live your life, you try to treat people right. And it seemed like all the bad things seem to happen to the good people. Like the devil in this crowd and the wicked, they seem to have the nice homes and the driving the nice cars and, 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 and got their Armani's on and the, and the crocodile shoes on. You ladies with your Louis Vuitton purses. It's like saints crowds seem to be flourishing and prospering and you trying to live right and do right and you can't get a toehold. Can't hardly rub two nickels together, amen? Robbing Peter to pay Paul, trying to just stay afloat. But brothers and sisters, we have to understand this ain't our, our home. We're just pilgrims passing through. We're occupying until the Lord comes. All this stuff going to burn up. And thank God one day he said, if you blessed and you honor me and you honor my Sabbath, I'll allow you to ride upon the high place of the earth. And ain't nothing wrong with that. He wants to prosper and be in good health. Amen? Amen. Nothing wrong with having some nice things. He just don't want us to make that our gods. Amen? Amen? So the church is a hospital. There are a bunch of sick folk in here. We are all recovering sinners, just like AA. And we get mad and lead the church, and then we holler out. And you land them in East Hell, and your person that ran you out the church land up in West Hell, and you shout out, you invited me here. So, brothers and sisters, we've got to stay focused. Israel has bowed his knees unto thee. I want to release the waters and turn the heavens loose. But God had his cutoff system. Let the rain fall down on the earth. And when he gets through praying, his servant come back and he said, tell me, what do you see? The young man said, sir, I look diligently until the summit, but I see nothing. Just some tumbleweeds and dried up grass. It's dry as Las Vegas. And it didn't rain. Quiet again. Six times in response. I see nothing. Sometimes God has to test our faith. And what it tells us about God is that he wants you to be persistent in your prayers. Amen. See, the problem with us, we, we pray one prayer and it don't, we don't get our blessing. Oh, man, ain't into this prayer thing. We give up. And we don't have to go through some man, you know. I didn't, I, I didn't always grow up in Adventist church. My mother, who was not Adventist, and I was the first Adventist in my family. But my mother was a believer. Though she had a theology a little mixed up. And she used to send, she used to write Reverend Ike. How many of y'all remember Reverend Ike? I know some of the saints all oh, don't remember Reverend Ike. Boy, he was a handsome, clean brother when he sisters. Brother had a Rolls Royce for every day of the week, and he had all these thousand-dollar suits. He had, his, he had his hair fried, dyed, and leaned to the side. <laughs> handsome brother. And my mother used to send her money to this brother, and he sent her back a little red, red prayer cloth. <laughs> and I say, Mama, why you send your man to that money to that man? You can get on your knees and get your prayer through yourself. Thank God we don't have to go through some human being. We got a direct line to God. 
In Jeremiah 33, 3 is God's telephone number. God says, call on me, and, and I will answer thee. Amen? You don't have to go through AT&T and Verizon or Sprint. You've got a direct line to him. And God ain't like some of these cell phone services we got where you're on the phone going down the road talking, and you be talking on the phone, and all of a sudden the phone call drop, and you started talking. Have you done that? Am I the only one done that? And you feel kind of stupid because you realize you're talking, and the person ain't even on the phone listening to you. They didn't drop the call. But God isn't like that. You can always call on God, and he will answer you. And he don't drop your calls. Amen? So, brothers and sisters, lesson number one. These six prayers were based upon the promises of God. When he was down in Zarephath, God summoned him back up to the mountain. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, sometimes God has to point you in the direction of prayer. Whereby we can receive our blessing. Amen? I heard that when we pray, it's like diamonds ascending and ascending. And see, we don't even pray anymore hardly. We wonder why we, we don't get a, our blessings. We don't, we pray not, we have not because we ask not. And I thank God for these mothers in here today, these senior citizens in this VIP day, because I see that their knees, they get up now and they get up a little slow because they spend a lot of time down on their knees. A lot of kneeling down will get you and put you in the right place with God. God promises are the keys to prayer in the hand of faith that unlocks the door. On what power is our own when we stand on the promises of God? I don't know about you, but that's why I stopped caring about what people said a long time ago. Amen? Now, we all want people to say nice things about us. We all want to be thought highly of. But you know what, brothers and sisters? I would rather my sins be exposed and I'm a spotlight on my sins that I can forsake and ask for forgiveness of my sins and get it right than rather my sins stay hidden and covered by those among my peers. And I walk around pious like I'm all that in a bag of chips, knowing that in my secret closet, if people just knew what I was about, You have to be real and serious about this thing. Marvin Sapp said, I never would have made it. I like that song. He has another song that God saw the best in me when everyone else saw the worst in me. But I beg to differ with Marvin. God saw the worst in me. Huh? And the worst in me he saw. He looked beyond my fault and saw my need. He didn't wait till you and me get right before he changed our lives. You look good in here this morning in your yellow and white, your, your nice flowers. But we're sinners. Saved by grace. I heard one preacher say that he was so filthy when, he, when God picked him up out the mark and mirror clay that God had to wipe his arm off. He was so filthy when he picked him out of the mark and mirror clay. I said the same thing about my life. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, 
very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters lifted me, now safe am I. It was love who lifted me. I made up my mind a long time ago, I ain't going to look back. Because Jesus is where it's at. Well, what did he promise you, preacher? He promised me a long time ago, Greg Stinson, if you'll be fruitful, I'll bless you. You know, I've tried to be fruitful, but have I been perfect? No. Have any of us been perfect? No. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Ain't no goodness in none of us. Any goodness in us is the goodness and righteousness of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. And God is not like us. See, we're fickle. We're wishy-washy. We're, 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 we're namby-pamby. We're paranoid schizophrenics. We speak this Sabbath. The next Sabbath, we go it all the way and don't even speak to one another. We're like a, we're like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Wishy-washy, we're, 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 we can't depend on the arm of flesh. But God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. He doesn't change. And one thing I love about my God, he don't go deep-sea diving and bringing up your sins. Somebody will say amen. amen. We never let each other forget about our past mistakes. Honey, I remember when she used to be the biggest uh, 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 concubine in Las Vegas. I mean, when he was spread out on crack. Brother Ben gave it a life 20, 30 years ago. You still, soon as the first chance you get, you have a falling out, you want to regurgitate their past sins. God ain't pleased with it. He didn't do that, and I thank him for it, because he's a good God. And I tell you, he'll take care of you, amen? amen. Oh, let me move on. I got a lot here. But I'm going to say a couple more things here, and I'm going to let y'all go here. About done. Jesus showed us the example in his word. And I don't know about you, but I love to talk about him. He's a good savior. He'll stick closer than any brother. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm with you every step of the way. And he's the sweetest thing I know. He's wonderful. And I stopped out here to tell you today, I didn't, my hope ain't built on Barack. Though I'm glad he got reelected. I held my nose and voted for him. I didn't like the fact that he changed his position on gay marriage. I didn't appreciate that. I got angry with him about that. But I held my nose. Some of you held your nose and you still voted. We didn't elect no preacher. We elected a politician. He's not our minister leader. God put up kings and he takes them down. So my hope ain't built on Barack. My hope is built on the rock. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I must not trust the sweetest frame, but only lean on Jesus' name. 
On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is what? Sinking sand. So don't put your faith on man, honey. Keep your faith in Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith. I love to talk about him. There's nothing so high, noble, and sublime that he's not. To the artist, he's altogether lovely. To the architect, he's the designer of both heaven and earth. To the carpenter, he is the master builder. To the baker, he's the bread of life. To the hunger, he's the living bread. To the thirsty, he's the well of living water. To the stockbroker, he is the biggest gains. Oh, I wish I had a witness in here. To the student, he's the inexhaustible subject. To the farmer, he's the seed of the woman. To the, the seed of Abraham, the stem of Jesse, the seed of David, and the sower going forth to sow. To the florist, he's the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. To the doctor, he's the great physician. To the judge, he's the righteous judge. To the lawyer, he's the author of jurisprudence. To the jurors, he's the faithful witness. To the geologist, he's Daniel's rolling stone, the smitten rock. He's all you need. He's all I need this morning. Amen. Amen. To the prodigal, he's the way to the father's house. To the traveler, he's the true and living way. There are no needs that he cannot supply, no hurts that he cannot heal, no broken hearts that he cannot mend, and no sorrows, brothers and sisters, that he cannot soothe. Somebody say amen. amen. There's no load that he cannot carry, no burns that he cannot bear, no depth that he cannot reach, and no heights above him. There's no soul that he does not love, no stains of sin that his blood cannot remove, and no repentant sinner that he would not forgive. Amen. Now, I love to talk about him. He went into the Garden of Gethsemane that day, and it wasn't easy, God. But he did it for you, and he did it for me. Why? Because he loved us. And they showed up that night, those Roman soldiers, a man that had done no wrong, Try to treat everybody right. Call him everything but a child of God. Haven't you felt that way sometime, mothers, seniors? Yeah. On this VIP day? You fathers? Yeah. They came with their swords, and Peter and James and John was there. And Jesus said, Boys, I'm gonna go down just a little farther in the garden. I'm gonna I'm gonna pray, and I just want you boys to watch for one hour. You know the story. Jesus went away and prayed the first time, and he came back, and, and they were <laughs> sleep. We get weary and well-doing, don't we? But the Lord didn't give up on him, did he? He said, Peter, uh, told Peter a while back, the devil has desired to sift you and squeak, but I prayed for you. Thank God that Jesus prays for us. 
He take our smelly, stinky prayers and intermingle them with his holy, righteous prayers and they ascend up to God as a sweet savior in the nostrils of the Father. Because our prayers are self-centered, our prayers are selfish, and our prayers are, are, are loaded with all kind of ulterior motives. And we, pray, we don't even know how to pray as we are. We get on our knees and we pray, Lord, you know I've been trying to be patient with brother and sister so-and-so in the church, but Lord, would you just zap them? <laughs> you know how we do. That's how I pray. That's how we pray. Ain't it? Yeah. The Bible says that in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, that the, the Spirit uh, helpeth our infirmities, it, it is seeds as an intercessor, and it's mixed with our groanings and utterances which cannot be uttered, and, and it ascends to God. God. It knows what we need most because we don't even know, we don't even know what the, the right thing to pray for. We so messed up. But Jesus didn't give up. He came back the second time and they were asleep. Jesus got on his knees, the Bible said, and, and, and he prayed so hard, brothers and sisters, that the Bible says that he prayed great drops of blood and sweat intermingled with our tears, his tears. He agonized in prayer. And that tells me and you that we got to sometime, if we want our breakthrough, we got to agonize in our prayer to God. I'm talking about those ugly prayers. You got to get on your knees and you got to cry out and, 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 and cry out to God so hard and so strong that your nose start running. I'm talking about ugly. I've done it. Anybody else in here done that? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. We got to do it. Prayer works. It's what's going to get us through. And the servant of the Lord says that the angels are baffled by the fact that we don't pray, but very moderately. We got this huge thing at our disposal. We don't take advantage of it the way we should. They took Jesus, and the soldiers came that night, and they took their sword, and, and, and Peter took one of the swords and cut off the man's ear. And the Lord took the man's ear off the ground and put it back on his head. He said, Peter... Haven't I taught you something, son? You've been with me for three and a half years. He that lives by the sword will die by the sword. And he took our splendid Lord uh, from that garden and took him down to a kangaroo court. And Pontius Pilate tried to wash his hands of this innocent man. I don't care how many showers you take, honey. You can't wash away that stain on your mind, on your heart, and on your life. So he thought washing his hands would kill him of the thought and the guilt he knew that would exist in his life for allowing this innocent man that had done nothing to nobody be mistreated so. You know the tradition was during the Passover, they would allow one of the two thieves, one of the two prisoners to be released. Crowd came out. So who do you want? Jesus of Barabbas. They could have done the right thing. But sometimes church folk don't do the right thing, do they? It was church folk who crucified the Lord. Amen? Could have did the right thing and let the Lord go, but they said, give us Jesus. Let Barabbas go. And they took our Lord and they marched him down the village. Delarosa, he came down 42 generations, and, 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 and the day before they were 
singing, singing Hosanna to the Lord and had a parade of Jesus in the streets. In the next few days, they crucifying him. Marched him with kangaroo court, put a crown on his head, a thorny crown, and they took a whip of canine tails and they beat his back open and it was like raw meat. 39 lashes. He took that for you and for me. And they took him up that Philadelphia Rosa down that rugged cross. And a man by the name of Simon Sarene helped him carry the cross. A black man. And they said, a black man been carrying the cross ever since. But they took him, took him up that old hill, Golgotha's hill, and they cast lots over his garments, and they took a spear, and they pushed it in his side, and they took nails and nailed his hands and his feet. They stretched him high. They spread him wide for you and me. He nailed his head, and he died. Jesus died on that old rugged cross to save sinners like you and me. He's coming back one day. I thank God he's so compassionate that he took the time. He stopped dying. See, Jesus had control. Gave up his life. Didn't man take his life? Jesus, I, you know, I can call 12 legions of angels and wipe all of you out. I lay down my life. Nobody takes my life. Jesus so bad, you know what, he's going to have a special resurrection of the ones who's pierced him in his side. They're going to see him coming in the clouds of glory to watch him coming. That's what the Bible says. Revelation 1, chapter 10, look at it. We serve awesome God. And he stopped to, to, to save a thief on the cross. One another thief said, and I heard Dr. Dr. Haynes said that the thief on the right said, Lord, remember me when you come into thy kingdom. In the sanctuary service, the priest, the Urim and Thummim, it was the right side that would light up, that would let the priest know that it was God who was in approval of the priest's life for him to go into the most holy place. So Dr. Haynes believed in his theory in the sanctuary that because the thief on the right spoke up, that was a signal to Jesus that he knew his father had accepted his sacrifice. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. He died on that cross for you and me. But I heard one, and they took him down off that cross, put him in Joseph of Arimathea's new tomb. The disciples were afraid. Peter was in hiding. He had denied him, and, and, and they put him in this new tomb, and he laid in the tomb all day Friday, all day Sabbath. He put him in there on Friday. Laid in there all day Sabbath. Somebody said he rested in creation and rested in redemption. They took him in that tomb and laid him in there. I heard one Baptist preacher tell it this way. He said that Death in hell, the devil in hell had a discussion that night. 
And hell told the devil, the devil asked hell, say, you think you can hold him? Death told the devil, said, Satan ain't never lost a case. Ain't nobody ever got it, went into the grave that I let out. Satan said, okay. You say, you got him, Death, I trust you. About 12 o'clock night, that midnight, the devil came back to Death, said, Death, do you got him? Death said, Satan, I told you, boss, I got him. Ain't never lost a case. Ain't nobody ever escaped my grip. Satan said, okay, boy, I'm trusting you on this one. I know what he told, that imposter told uh, the, 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 the people that he was going to rise on the third day, and they put a Roman seal, and they sealed it with a Roman signet, and they thought they had it. See, the devil is a fool. He's a liar and a foul of lies. I hate him. Now, there's one man you can hate, and the Lord ain't going to be mad with you for hating him. I can't stand the devil. Came back about 3 o'clock that, that early Sunday morning, and, 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 and Satan said, Death, you got him? Death said, Boss, I told you I got him. Don't worry about this one. I got him. Later on that morning, about 6 o'clock in the morning, the devil came back to, to uh, Death, said, Death, you got him? Death said, well, I thought I had him. And about 6, 530 in the morning, I, I had my icy grip on his body. But all of a sudden, uh, his body began to get warm and, and warmer and warmer and warmer. And all of a sudden, he slipped right out of my hand. He got away. He got up that early that Sunday morning, said, I've got all power in my hands. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? He said, I'll take up my life and lay down my life, and I'll take it up again. Ain't no power can keep me down. I'm the resurrection and the life. Colonel William B. Travis, as I close, February 23rd, 1863, there was a battle over the Alamo in San Antonio, Texas. For 13 days, they had been held up at, at the Alamo. There's about 13 people there, soldiers. Colonel Travis sent a courier to Texas and said, we need some help. They were getting ready to take over the Alamo, and they knew that they had to hold that fort in, in San Antonio because they felt that, they, that if they lost that fort, then they'd lose Texas. So he sent a courier. And for 13 days, they were held up, and about 200 came in, and they held them off. But they thought they was going to lose it. And Colonel William B. Travis took out his sword, and he drew a line in the sand. He said, all of you men who are willing to die till death, step across this line in the sand. Brothers and sisters, God has drawn a line today over the garrison of your soul. And if there's anyone in here today who is under the sound of my weak voice, say, Pastor, 
I want to stand today and give Jesus my life and give Jesus my hand. Is there anybody in here today who is bold enough to stand up for Jesus today on this VIP day? He said, I'm ready to let go, let God. I've had enough doing it my way. My way don't work. Is there anybody here today? Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Nobody's looking at you. Pray, saints. There's somebody here this, in this room on the sign of my weak voice that you straight away. You know you've not been living up to all the lights you should be living, living up to, and you've allowed the enemy some places in your life, but you want to give a, it back to God today. This is your opportunity today. Why don't you come down here and take my hand? I don't know who you are. It's not about me. It's not about no one else around you. This is between you and God. Is there anyone in here today who needs to make their call and election sure? Reconnect with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Is that one? You want to say, Pastor, I appreciate this message. I need to hold on to God's unchanging hand. Is that one? Amen. Amen. Praise God, brother. Praise God. Praise God. Stay right here, brother. I know there may be someone else in here today that's willing to be a bold soldier for Jesus Christ. You want to come down here and help take this brother's hand and take my hand? Don't be ashamed. The Lord says, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my father. There's nobody